I'm Dr. Vanessa Sinclair, and this is Rendering Unconscious. My guest today is Jan DeVos. His new book, The Digitalization of Intersubjectivity, a Psy-Critique of the Digital Death Drive, is now available from Rutledge. He recently had a virtual book launch featuring Ian Parker, David Pavon Cuellar, David Gunkel, and others. Links to everything can be found in the text accompanying this episode. Rendering Unconscious is also a book. Rendering Unconscious, Psychoanalytic Perspectives, Politics, and Poetry from Chapart Books 2019. There are only a handful of Rendering Unconscious books left, so they're now on sale for only $12. Get your copy at Chapart.net. That's T-R-A-P-A-R-T dot net. You can support the podcast by visiting our Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Vanessa 23 Carl. That's V-A-N-E-S-S-A 2-3-C-A-R-L. Your support is greatly appreciated. Um, <clears throat> hi, everybody. Uh, just to briefly uh, introduce myself. Um, I'm Jan de Vos from Belgium, and I'm, uh, I've written uh, a book called The Digitalization of um, Intersubjectivity, uh, The Psychotique of the Digital Dead Drive. Um, maybe to introduce myself, I could uh, refer to um, someone calling me a critical psychologist. Uh, uh, I think a few weeks ago, and I was actually baffled by this uh, title because I, I don't think um, I would ever call myself a critical psychologist. I would even hesitate to call myself a psychologist as such, even though I, um, I've studied psychology in Ghent University uh, now, uh, well, a while ago, um, but actually, I think that the thing I'm engaged with is actually critique of psychology, which uh, doesn't make me a critical psychologist. I think so. Um, and the point of departure um, of all my writings and all my work is actually to start from psychoanalysis to engage in a, in a critique of uh, psychology, and this. I think reflects reflects my um, the part the pathway that I took when entering uh, the psychology department was that um, we got um, there is a psychoanalysis department in Ghent University and from the very beginning this um, the lectures and uh, the people who um, who were um, involved with the psychoanalysis department of Kent University were very critical of psychology itself. So it, from the very beginning I entered psychoanalysis, I um, experienced it as a critique of psychology. And, um, and actually I also um, think that um, doing psychoanalysis or being involved with psychoanalysis <clears throat> cannot but um, involve also a critique of psychology. That is, I think, anyone, um, psychoanalysts uh, and, and uh, practitioners, but also theorists of psychoanalysis cannot but engage in a critique of uh, psychology. Um, well, that's basically uh, the introduction of myself that I want to give. Yeah, and I saw you also critique like neuropsychology specifically and like this idea of like neurology in the brain explaining everything. <laughs> yeah, well, this is um, maybe explain a bit more uh, about my 
trajectory. I was um, actually worked as a uh, as, as a psychologist, as a clinical psychologist. I worked with, um, uh, for example, while I worked with juvenile delinquents, uh, and then well, at the given point, I uh, encountered some fellow people, um, uh, psychoanalysis, and we decided to start ourselves a, an a little institution for youngsters and, and for children, uh, and we wanted to start from a psychoanalytic analytic perspective. But actually, I, uh, I think that um, bringing psychoanalysis together is um, most often or threatens to be a recipe for disaster, so um, the whole project uh, stalled or, or um, run against the wall uh, because of, well, we psychoanalysts are having our personal, interpersonal problems. So that was, um, for me, uh, a turning point in my wanting to um, go more in the theoretical uh, perspective and try to understand what psychology is about. Um, and this is where I engaged with a um, critique of psychologization as I uh, saw, I think I saw this process uh, in my own uh, youth where um, psychology came into the schools, education and things like that. Um, and the proliferation, proliferation, excuse me, of uh, psychological discourses in all terrains of life, uh, and this I, w I wanted to study. So this is why I wanted to do a, um, especially since reading Zizek at that point in in my uh, life, um, and seeing the potential also political. Implications of being involved with psychoanalysis and looking from a critical psychoanalytic perspective to society and to politics. So this is where I, I engaged um, with, and I tried to get into university back again to do a PhD. And this is where I ended up in philosophy, um, which allowed me more. Um, I would say free space or leeway to 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 look from a different um, position to critical uh, things and engage with in a critique of psychology. But of course, and this where I've come I come to the brain is that from um, well from the very beginning engaging with um, critique of psychology. Um, I had the idea that um, psychology is um, is the discipline or the science or the praxis that wants to um, to escape the all the subjective and all the psychological, so to say, uh, as soon as possible. Like, um, for example, the typical example I always give is a psychologist. If you would ask a psychologist if a DHT is a psychological disorder well um, I think rapidly most rapidly the answer would come from a mainstream psychologist that um, ADHD is not something psychological but it has to do with the brain so I, I, this is the awkward thing that psychology tries to um, escape the psychological psychological as soon as possible and go to the neurosciences to um, to do that and this is why Actually, I first wrote, wrote a book on psychologization, two books actually, and then the, the thing that I engaged with was a critique of um, the neurologization. Um, so yeah, this is uh, things that I was working on a while ago. I'm going to have to get those because I'm very interested in that. And I must say, I mean, I love psychoanalysis and Lacanian psychoanalysis specifically, but even more specifically, I love everyone coming out of Ghent uh, University. And, you know, there's a lot of great psychoanalysis in Paris, of course, are coming. The Irish Lacanians are amazing in London, of course. But the Ghent, the Ghent guys, <laughs> they've got me. I've read all Paul Verhaeg's books. I've seen Van Hulet and 
Danny mm-hmm. Novas I read a lot, so I just, I don't know what you guys are doing over there, but it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> How did you get to this book where you're specifically talking about the digital death drive? Well, well sometimes I, I, <clears throat> I'll say starting with psychologization, which I actually, the signifier or the word as such, I... Um, I had to, when I did my public uh, defense of my PhD, I I think I practiced like one hour uh, in front of the mirror to get the pronunciation right, psychologization. So so I think I I got the hook of uh, doing things with isation. So I got in from psychologization to neurologization. And then I thought, well, let's get to uh, a third term with isation in 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 its uh, uh, in in the signifier so i got to digitalization um but of course this is like the, the things are, are i think uh, connected to each other in in the sense that um i think that um the neurological turn within psychology wouldn't have happened uh, if there were not the digital technologies uh, to um to investigate the brain as such uh, as a, a um, an anatomical thing, so um, so the, there is this genealogy, and also you see the um, there are a lot of things in in the history of psychology, but also in the history of, of digital uh, technologies, which um, intersect. Um, meaning that I um, encountered in my study of, for example, Alan Turing and Norbert Wiener, a lot of references to psychology, even to psychoanalysis. Uh, so this is where things intersect. So f- for me, this was uh, like a um, well, getting into psychologization brought me with uh, neurologization and working on these themes i naturally uh, evolved to to um well to to, to deal with um, all things uh digital and, and and all the impact that that it has on on subjectivity and on society yep man on intersubjectivity like you said what do you think about that well, uh, of course, it's um, it's a term which is not um, um, yeah, most readily used in 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 psychoanalytic uh, circus, but um, so I could reappropriate the term and 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 use it um, in a way that I think that subjectivity as such um, is something. Uh, Social is something um, which I think, um, especially when one rereads Freud's um, book um, *Mass Psychology and Ego Analysis*. You, this is the idea that most rapidly in, in, in psychoanalysis uh, came in in the idea that there is not there is no such thing as a individual psychology. Individual psychology is social psychology. So, um, and I think that this uh, getting into um, different um, phenomena of uh, digitalization of our uh, life world, so to say, you see that um, these things um, intersect uh, on on the digital level uh, also. for example, maybe a little example when I, um, of course, with the COVID crisis, um, there are a lot of things going on. Also, psychologization pops up again. Of course, psychologists um, are um, trying to get their perspective uh, on the foreground that um, the whole COVID crisis and the lockdowns and, and the isolation things are, are to be understood uh, in a psychological way and, um, and, 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 and things like that. And this is where um, the, there is also this, this push to the digital. Um, 
like we are, are invited to reconnect um, as soon as possible via Skype, via Zoom to each other. And at a given point, I thought that what psychologists were not allowing us to do is to retreat. So you couldn't really isolate it, even if the the message, message, message excuse me, was to... Um, to, for, for everybody to keep social distance and and to isolate is um, that this I, I thought um, uh, isolation is is a, um, um, a dangerous thing f from a political uh, point of view because this is where um, you are not um, in the um, in the jurisdiction or in the in, in, in the uh, um, you opt out and you, you you were not allowed you are not allowed to opt out you have to uh, be connected and this is where um i, I, I think this um at least what i'm engaging now is to try to rethink um, mass psychology and, and group effects um uh, from what i call um the predominance of what I call fake subjectivities, but also fake intersubjectivities of fake um, um, socialities in, in the, the digital technologies and, and all the discourses around them are um, enforcing us into. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, reading Freud, uh, math, math psychology, group psychology right now is so important. I found myself, which I've also heard friends doing as well, like watching a lot of things about cults. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, it's just really, um, and for a recent, actually the last episode of 2019, I mean 2020, which I just skipped 2020 there. <laughs> um, the last episode of 2020, I just read like Freud and Einstein's correspondence, Why War? Because I'm like, this is so pertinent now and people just need to hear it and stop with all of this fake like, oh, but we can be so productive and do all these uh -huh. other things now and get together this way and look, we're all united. And even what's happening now in politics in the States where they're like calling for unity all of a sudden after like starting an insurrection, it's just like... It's just so absurd, and I just feel like everyone needs to just like quit it, you know, yeah. <laughs> quit it. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, um, as we saw when we were trying to connect, there is the, there is this aspect of technology where it does connect us in these ways where we're able to talk, you know, from different countries. But there's always this failure and there's always like even with autocorrect these like slips. I mean, I find it amazing how you can kind of see the failure and these kind of slips of the unconscious happening even through the technology, maybe because it is man-made. I don't know. Yeah. This is, um, of course, yeah, maybe the issue that I try to engage with um, in my book is, is also um, so you, you could have the idea that technology as such won't um, be able to erase um, like um, all things, all things symptomatic, all things like uh, mistakes or. Uh, the Fehlleistung of, of Freud and things like that, so that it it will always have a um, or the subject will all, always found found its way to deal with all these uh, things, and um, so the Freudian unconscious will always um, manifest itself. But this is what I, I try to um, at least question a bit in my book is to ask whether um, the digital technologies are not, um, for the first time in, in history, uh, capable of of um, trying to uh, of capable of, of, of incorporating the uh, this and fencing. Um, the unconscious in and, and trying to get subjectivity as such uh, within its own uh, 
um, economy, this is where I at least ask the question whether this um, will not be the end of subjectivity as we know it. Um, so this is what, um, where I all, all also choose for the subtitle, the digital, the dead drive. Um, basically, this is what, what the idea I, that I try to, to explore in my book. Yeah, that, I mean, I got to chill when you said that, because I think it's really true. And, you know, like you said, that we're, we were encouraged so quickly to keep connecting, even though we're supposed to be isolating. Um, and there's just a, such a push to like keep connecting and keep this community going. But I find myself personally, like making sure that I am spending less time on the computer and less time on the phone. And like when I'm done with analysis for the day, I turn everything off and everything yeah. else can just wait until the next day when I have to turn it on because I have analysis again um, but or a podcast, you know. But otherwise, I've just been trying to turn everything off because um, I need my time like making art or doing something walking, you know, doing things yeah, that yeah. humans did yeah. <laughs> before all of this. Yeah. Um, and it's really getting lost. And there is this like huge anxiety attached to it, especially when I first started that practice. It started during the quarantine because I realized like otherwise we're just going to be on these machines 24 seven um, mm. and not even have like the commute to work or anything in between it. Um, mm. Or even like work before used to be in an office sitting with a person, you know, <laughs> whereas now it's all through the computer. Um, so I've been having to like consciously make sure that I have time away from technology, but it's really anxiety provoking and you feel like, or I feel like, you know, I'm going to miss something or something's going to get lost or I'm going to become obsolete or, you know, if I don't stay, stay in touch or stay in tune with what's happening. Mm. Yeah. And then, of course, we found from these, like, uh, this re recent documentary in The Social Dilemma where they've made these algorithms to make sure that people are constantly checking. And it's just like, it seems like the same mechanisms as, like, gambling are in play, where you're constantly checking and they, they pop up new notifications to make sure that you keep checking. Um, but now they're saying, like, these algorithms have kind of gotten out of their own control and they can't really make it less. Uh, less basically for people. Yeah, yeah. So the document documentary myself, but I was wondering. Um, of course, this is like um, um, uh, the problem that I had with the, the documentary is like um, is that they all the people involved were like the how you call them the sorcerer sorcerous apprentices who um who have this knowledge of how people can be seduced and how they can be lured into um into well addictive behavior uh, and and stay connected and and, and uh, the, the, um, that they can capture the attention like uh, of uh, and so the whole idea uh, actually I think underpinning this documentary is that there is um, it's like evolutionary and cognitive uh, behavioral psychology which they master and uh, which they use to to then manipulate uh, the, the people but of course from a psychoanalytic perspective this is um, is problematic in the sense that um, we tend not to agree with the evolutionary and cognitive and behavioral psychology um, uh, um, we have something. Let's say I, I always argue argue that psychoanalysis is not, is a non psychology is a, a science and a practice of the um, accepting the impossibility of uh, a psychological um, science and a uh, psychological practice. So this is. Um, um, where I, I would argue that um, actually the the um, what is realized there is like a fantasy um, is the is the lie of psychology. I argue that is like trans 
substantiated in a whole digital environment um, from where there is no escape. So uh, my argument is, is, is not that it, it is not the case that they have, um, well, they know the secrets of how the human psyche work and, and that they uh, use it. No, it's, it's about um, they realize their fantasy, they set in motion a whole digital environment based on these um, fantasies, imaginaries of, of what um, human psychology would be and um, is in, in this virtual environment that we are captured um, uh, and well there are a few questions and one of the questions is, of course is, is, um, uh, is there still a way of escaping that, um, like we turning off uh, our devices, but um, of course this is where uh, the novel, for example, um, The Circle, I think Dave Eggers comes in, which is, well, at times it's a bit of simplistic novel, but in the end the, the idea um, which I found very um, true or, or very uh, worrying is about um, the protagonist not able to, to escape the, um, the circle, the old digital thing. So, and this is where one would wonder like um, reading, uh, you could for example um, refer to Elon Musk's idea of the neural link and yeah, so Zizek writes also about that um, and, and the idea of the singularity which would then uh, capture all things subjective within the the system and actually then um, in, 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 in my idea that this would be the subjective entropy the, the end of um, subjectivity as such yeah, that neural link is terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> I remember seeing, oh, it was in the 90s where they had like people being able to control. Someone took me to this place that had like an isolation tank, a se sensory deprivation tank, and all these different kinds of things. And they had like this thing where they would put these electrodes on your head and you could play this like skiing video game where you were skiing by just thinking of how you wanted to move. And that was like in the late nineties, so I don't even, can't even imagine what they're doing now. <laughs> yeah. Um, will you talk more about the death drive and how you see it? Because I hear different different things from different people and I always find it interesting. Well, um I think uh, in, in, uh, during my book launch with Ian Parker, I confessed to you that I actually do not understand anything of what the digital, uh, the dead drive as such is. Um, so the whole Freudian theory and, and Lacan reworking it, and I have really have troubles to get my, my head around that. Um, so I think in my, in my book, I'm uh, actually engaged or try to to to, to um, get my own different ideas about what the dead drive is in a psychoanalytic perspective, and and try to uh, uh, look at, at different sides. But I'm not sure if I uh, if in the end I succeeded in in in, in um, using it in a well um, appropriate in an appropriate way, in the sense that sometimes I I know I, I get bogged down in the idea that um, digital death drive is the idea that um, people uh, want to, uh, or human being uh, longs for or desires the, um, well, the total passivity and, and things like that, that he longs for, for that, while of course Lacan has a, reworked that and and and, uh, and uh, shown that the, the a more Freudian way of looking at it is connected to repetition and and to the drive as, as such so this is uh, where the whole thing of the digital debt uh, sorry the 
the dead drive uh, concept um, well, flips around and, and uh, for me it's um, that's where things get um, incomprehensible for me but anyway um i think in in my book i, I try to to play a bit with these different approaches of the, of the dead drive and um and actually what then well the whole um thing that i try to make clear in, in my book is um if subjectivity is uh, something that in the end is based on, on like a, a zero level of subjectivity, which is um, referring also to something outside of uh, subjectivity, which, well, in a more, um, if I'm allowed to psychologize it a bit, in, in that I am myself because um, there is always a point outside myself, um, which, uh, well, this is the basic some some uh, black hole um, from from where all things subjective might uh, um, be sucked in, but also where they um, actually also see light. So this is where I um, ask the question whether it would be because. Capitalism and now digital capitalism, I think, moved um, to turning subjectivities and intersubjectivities into its basic commodity, which is its um, capitalism is always on the move of uh, trying to incorporate the outside, um, starting with the colonies. Uh, the other world so now it's basically at the point of sucking in subjectivity itself and this is where i ask the question when it um is this now the final frontier of um, incorporating uh, the otherness so this final frontier where the whole thing will come to and i call it somewhere in my book a screeching end so this is where uh, the productive outside is uh, incorporated, incorporated within the system, and this is where the system would come to to a halt. So this is uh, eventually the wager of my the use of the uh, the title, the digital debt drive. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so interesting and terrifying. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but I think it's a really good point. And I ask about the death drive because I love that about psychoanalysis and I love how we can continue to grapple with these ideas and there isn't any like one way to look at everything. And I feel like as soon as someone comes along and feels like they've really like locked down, like this is how it works. And there's, there's you know, this is the way people are. This is hysteria. This is the way the unconscious is. There's always loopholes. There's always a way around it. There's always something that confounds that idea. And it just keeps working. So um, yeah, so I get wary when I when I meet anyone uh, espousing to be a psychoanalyst who thinks they know exactly how everything is, <laughs> yeah. because there's always there's always something to the contrary. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. Otherwise, this wouldn't be happening, and we, it would all be inert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and actually, just. Um... Actually, by coincidence, I, I've got to, to read some things of Nestor Bronstein. I don't know if you know him. Fantastic. Yeah, and he's, um, I must uh, say to my, um, how do you say, to my, I'm a bit ashamed to say that I didn't know him before, um, but I got in contact with him and He's actually working on, on similar things. So he is also he also connected the um, well starting from from um, the, um, the, the the Freudian book how it's called Beyond uh, the the Pleasure Principle and and actually working on the same theme of uh, the digital um, uh, environment leading us to repetition. And he also mentioned some somewhere the 
the dead drive. So it was um, very um, well interesting to see that all that other people also try to to use the same um, uh, rich Freudian uh, literature in, in order to, to to grapple the things that we we are now dealing dealing with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I've seen Nestor Bronson speak in New York a couple of times at different conferences. It's really fantastic. Like one of those people that you hear and you have all those aha moments. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> and maybe you could talk about your recent event that you had this book launch with Ian Parker and uh, David Pavon Cuellar and just so many great people. Yeah, um, well, actually, all of these people were involved in, in initial phases, phases of the book in the sense that um, they read parts of um, chapters, different chapters, so um, there were already important um, interlocutors um, to do um, where I um, made a lot of use of their comments uh, on previous um, versions of my book. So this is where, uh, well, um, bringing them together in a virtual book lounge uh, was the only way to, because um, I wanted to do a book lounge, of course, in, 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 in vivo, in, in reality, but that didn't, uh, uh, was one of the, the possibilities, so we, we organized like this um, virtual thing, which I, well, I very, very much like doing. Yeah, and we can link to it. I'll put a link to it in the text so that people can see that as well. Yeah. Well, how did you first um, meet Ian Parker, David Pavon Coyar? How did they end up reading parts of your book? Um, well, Ian Parker was the, um, he's, he, um, I met him quite some time ago, 15 or 20 years ago in a conference on, on, I think, state reg regulation of psychoanalysis. So, and I, I had written something, um, about, uh, psychoanalysis, like Jacqueline Miller and, 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 and their politics and trying to um, negotiate with the psychological field and, and, the, and the field of psychotherapy, um, which is, I think, um, well, on the one hand, maybe necessary to, to, to survive for psychoanalysis to survive, but otherwise I think it entails a very great risk as I would, um, um, well, argue that there is some radicalness in, in psychoanalysis being a non-psychology, uh, being um, like the symptom of psychology it's itself, um, being something else than psychotherapy. And, 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 and so the, the idea of negotiating uh, found very troublesome. So this is, uh, I wrote something about that and Ian Parker invited me for a conference. And then when I started my PhD, he became one of my uh, ex external supervisors. But of course, um, actually for me, he was one of the uh, most principal supervisors. Um, so, and well, what Ian Parker is also good at is bringing people together, uh, connecting people. So this is where I went to conferences um, and I met with people like David Pavon Quellier. Um, uh, and I think uh, some other people are also from the same circles. Um, um, yeah, I think... Um, I th for me, it's always important to uh, to, to connect uh, um, worldwide and and to see what's happening in in for example in Latin America. This uh, where I um, because I also write in Spanish. It's um, 
like uh well we freud sent the plague around um but um for us from 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 a continental europe perspective it's um sometimes we we have to uh, to look for for uh the plague some somewhere else for example in in latin america to 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 um refine the the critical potential of uh, of psychoanalysis yeah no, there's a lot of fantastic psychoanalysis happening in south america yeah. and um like patricia garavici in the in this book i edited on psychoanalysis and violence patricia garavici had a piece about um, psychoanalysis in Argentina and its relation why she was thinking that it was able to flourish so much in a place that had so much upheaval and revolution and such a like dictatorial government um, as a way that to subvert that as a way to have a voice and still have subjectivity under such extreme duress and extreme conditions um, which I thought was really interesting and then, of course, Nestor, like you mentioned, and David, and there's Fernanda Magallanes. It's really fantastic in Mexico City as well. There's so many. Yeah. And uh, and then, of course, La Consolon. If I if I could get up at three o'clock in the morning to go to their <laughs> uh, study groups, I surely would. And maybe ten years ago, I probably would have done something like that. But now, I can't. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> But Clint Burnham and uh, Hilda Fernandez, everybody's so fantastic. So what are you doing now? Um, you mean my research or my work? All of it. All of it. So um, <clears throat> what to begin with at uh, this point on uh, lecturing social, clinical social psychology in Cardiff University, uh, it's a temporary job, so I don't know what will happen after that. Um, but on the research, well, the things I'm reading and, and writing about is, uh, on the one hand, uh, um, what I already mentioned, uh, I'm rereading mass psychology, and I'm, uh, was, I'm invited to write about that. Um, for the journal, how it's called, um, Politics and Psychology or International Politics and Psychology. Uh, don't remember. Um, and the second thing I'm engaging with is actually the, there is this um, um, book of Nestor Brownstein from 1975, I think, Psychology, Ideology and, uh, and Science. Uh, but now David Pavon Qualier has um, brought some people together um, around Nestor Brownstein to rewrite a book and to um, and it will have the title Psychology, Ideology, Science and the Suppression of the Subject and it will be published in, in, uh, in Spanish but also in English and maybe also in French. So I have I think two chapters that I should write. Um, so this is uh, a very um, well, I'm really looking forward to start writing and, and um, to get involved with uh, this this, this re-edition of this uh, of a book that seems to have been very important in, in Latin America. Yeah, and that's definitely very important now. Yeah, it's a great time to revisit that. Yeah. What are your thoughts about mass psychology as you're reading? And, and its relation to what's going on today politically and digitally and socially? Well, in, in, in general, um, the idea, of course, is um, I'm, I'm struggling with it in the sense that um, if you see, for example, Trump saying um, to his uh, followers that um, he loves them, that they are very special. Uh, and then you see, I saw someone on the street uh, shouting at, at Trump, uh, I love you, uh, or we love you. So the, um, it's like we say, gefundenes fressen, 
but I know if, what is in English. It's it's a German term. It's like um, it's ready made to be understood in in the Freudian sense of uh, a um, libidinal uh, attachments of um, members of the group allowing uh, with the leader allowing to. Um, to, to people on a horizontal horizontal level to identify. Um, so, that, but um, at the same time, um, there are a lot of things that um, might be understood in in a different way. Also, the idea that um, the whole digital technology is um, is not about. Um, mass formation in the Freudian sense, but it's like more the aggreg aggregating of people via algorithms, which is a totally different form of, of uh, grouping or um, bringing people together. So this is um, where the defines, on the one hand, is to, to rethink uh, group formation and mass formation in, in uh, um, contemporary times. But then again, I, I, I think this, this is only possible by um, critical rereading Freud and, and seeing that, um, um, that in, in, in his writing, there is already the a lot of uh, nuances involved in in how to understand the position of the leader, which I, I think um, um, will hopefully uh, allow to 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 rethink what is happening in in, in digital times and, and these times um, where, um, like Slava Žižek also said, the obscene leaders uh, enter the the scenes, which is. Uh, uh, might be a, a different um, type of leader than, than the leaders that, that Freud uh, discussed. Yeah, absolutely. And we're sure seeing a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, and that also reminds me, you know, when you mentioned before with the algorithms and them thinking they've like mastered, you know, cognitive psychology and, and manipulating groups uh, and individuals. Um, I've really, I really hate it when they constantly say like, we know you better than you know yourself. We know you better than you know yourself. It makes me angry. Yeah. So that is just the thing that, um, well, the, the the paradoxical thing is that um, they or the, the digital algorithms and, and things like that and the claims that um, uh, they uh, know us, they know our, our feelings and our, our, our thoughts is um, that we actually it's like a paradox. We are we are not robbed of our thoughts and our feelings and our uh, everything psychological, but we are robbed of, of our uh, unthoughts of what, um, or our, maybe we should also speak from our, uh, about unfeelings or not feeling or, or uh, uh, being totally, um, well, the whole un unconscious thing, thing is is not something substantial. It's not something positive. Um, but we are actually um, like I um, also try to, to deal with, with in my book. We are um, robbed from our absences. So uh, we are um, we are supposed to be fully present, and and the whole digital thing um, algorithms draw us uh, and make us eternally present. So uh, we are robbed from our absences, uh, our, our non-psychological um, core, so to say. Thank you for listening to Rendering Unconscious. You've just heard a discussion with Dr. Jan DeVos.
His new book, The Digitalization of Intersubjectivity, a Psy Critique of the Digital Death Drive, is now available from Rutledge. For more, visit his website, janrdevos.weebly.com. That's J-A-N-R-D-E-V-O-S dot Weebly dot com. Rendering Unconscious is also a book. Rendering Unconscious, Psychoanalytic Perspectives, Politics, and Poetry. From Chapart Books, 2019. For more, please visit our publisher's website, chapart.net. That's T-R-A-P-A-R-T dot net. You can support the podcast by visiting our Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash V-A-N-E-S-S-A two three C-A-R-L. Your support is greatly appreciated. For more information, you can also visit my website, drvanessasinclair.net, or the podcast main website, renderingunconscious.org. Links to everything can be found in the text accompanying this episode. Color and texture in the darkness, all cats, and wiggling her butt in the entranceways. Crime against nature. Could when we such are the terrible of the expressions I love mythology himself. Where was the mother? The sharpness of it wisdom is the bone turns and upon the, the sage. Have abused wisdom. You should annihilate now. Inside you, must you also expect you to experience a dissolution her, your body night instead into an the Catholic Church. So which this would be is a particularly high. great. Would you die in a baby and build had a? I looked further in some down. Measure, Explains the development of his early causes, pieces of Miss flesh. Teenage America you was stone, set down the pencil, glazed one. She that says, conveys a sensuous state one, of certainty as a keepsake. All apparatus that allows me to reminisce of expressing anxiety and grief. On the grass or the sculpting tops of parked cars, an action was turned into a conscious attempt that to disseminate this vision. But also to taste place to create like piping hot. When ultimately God was a bit of a failed agent, provocateur, death. Ritual. Work. She requested that. There is the last of the night and the beginning of the red.